Today, we're gonna to discuss one of the worst cases of child abuse that I've ever read about in my life, but it's the kind of child abuse that the left celebrates in this country. We're gonna discuss that and other subjects now on The Matt Wall Show. Well, I just read that uh, Judge Judy made $147 million last, $147 million in a year, just, just one year. 140, for hosting a show where every episode involves her yelling at a guy who's getting sued because he stole his neighbor's garden hose or something. I, I've never actually seen the show. I just assume that's what it is. But um, I, I mean, I just don't understand. How do you make that kind of money hosting a show that airs at 1.30 p.m. on a Tuesday? That's, I, I just, I don't understand. But let me just say, she makes $147 million in a year, yet she has never given me even a million dollars. She could give me a million dollars and, and it would be like, no, she wouldn't even notice it. And I have, she has never once given me a million dollars, which I just find to be really rude. You ever think about that with like really rich people? Think about Bill Gates has so much money that he could easily give me 100 million. He could give me a hundred million dollars and he would never even notice that it was gone. Yet Bill Gates has never once given me $100 million. If you can believe it. I know it just, it seems, I, I mean, it's, it's extremely rude. Um, and this is why we need socialism. All right. Um, I want to talk about something. I, I, uh, this, well, I don't want to talk about it. It's, it's incredibly horrible, but, um, and in fact, when I first saw this story, I was, I was, my plan was to not talk about it because it's so horrible. It makes me so angry that I don't even know if I can, I don't know what kind of analysis I can really offer because it just, it, it that's how angry it makes me. But Maybe you saw this headline um, on the Daily Wire yesterday. Mom says six-year-old son is transgender. Dad disagrees. Now he might lose his son. So the story goes, a Texas father is fighting for his son in court after um, pushing back on his ex-wife's claim that their six-year-old is a transgender girl. According to court documents, the young boy only dresses as a girl when he's with his mother, who has enrolled him in first grade as a female named Luna, the father, however, contends that his son consistently chooses to wear boys' clothes, violently refuses to wear girls' clothes at my home, quote-unquote, and identifies as a boy when he's with him. The Federalist reports that the mother has accused the father of child abuse. The mother is accusing the father of child abuse in their divorce proceedings for not affirming James as transgender and is looking to strip the dad of his parental rights. She is also seeking to require him to pay for the child's visit to a transgender affirming therapist and transgender medical alterations, which may include hormonal sterilization starting at age eight. The father has been legally barred from speaking to his child about sexuality and gender from a scientific or religious perspective and from dressing his son in boys' clothes. He is legally barred from dressing his son in boys' clothes. He has to offer girls' and boys' outfits for the child to wear. The boy consistently refuses to wear dresses, according to the father. The boy was diagnosed with gender dysphoria um, by a gender transition therapist. A gender transition therapist decided that the boy has gender dysphoria. You wonder, has this gender transition therapist ever met a child who... Uh, they would not diagnose as, as gender dysphoric. Um, and, and by the way, the mother is a pediatrician. 
According to the therapist's notes, the boy chose to identify as a girl when he was in sessions alone with his mother. Alternatively, he chooses to identify as a boy when he is in sessions alone with his father. Um, the Federalist reports a dossier uh, filed with the, with the Dallas court says that under the skilled eyes of a therapist, the child was presented two pieces of paper, one with the word James, one with the word Luna, and asked to pick the name he preferred. When the appointment only included his mother, James selected Luna, um, the name and gender he uses as mother's home and in his first grade classroom. When the appointment was only with his father, however, James pointed to the boy named James, not the girl name. Um, moreover, the father has collected testimony from friends and, and other people saying that the boy is just a normal boy who likes being a boy. Uh, and it goes on from there. I mean, this poor kid, um, imagine how confused and scared this poor boy is. Uh, I mean, does he even understand what's going on? Of course he doesn't. He's being asked to choose between two alter egos. He's being given a choice between wearing dresses. I, I, I mean, this kid has no clue what's going on. He's six years old. He just wants to be a kid. Yet he's got his mother who is an evil, evil woman. Let's be clear about that. This mother is an evil person. Um, and anyone who defends the mother or agrees with the mother is also an evil person. So this is not, I know we're supposed to be all into bipartisanship and, you know, we don't judge people for their beliefs and all beliefs are valid and kumbaya, let's come together. No, 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 no. Um, if you hear stories like this and you think, oh yeah, well, that's right. That's, you know, the, the mother's doing the right thing. Then you're just a bad person. You're a demented, evil person. And I want nothing to do with you. Honestly, I don't respect your beliefs. I don't respect your opinions. You're completely wrong. And I have no respect for you. I just don't. This is so, I told you that how angry this makes me. How can it not make you angry? They're going to chemically castrate this boy. At the age of eight, they're going to start castrating him. How can anyone read that and not be filled with anger for the sake of this child? He is being physically, psychologically, emotionally abused, mangled, tortured, destroyed, all to fulfill the perverse, insane desires of the mother. This is this is easily one of the worst cases of child abuse I have ever read about in my life. Think of, they are going to destroy this kid. They're ruining his life and his body. They're, they're ruining everything about him. Um, in, a, in a sane or a just society, this mother would be in prison forever. Lifetime sentence. That's what she deserves. I, I, I draw no distinction between this mother and any of the other, any of the, of, of the other uh, horrible child abusers that you might read about. This is horrendously, unimaginably evil. Now, um, there are three other thoughts that come to mind after, after reading this. Uh, well, more than, more than that, but I have to control myself. I can't say everything. I can't, I can't tell you everything I really think about this woman, this mother, uh, this horrible, disgusting monstrous woman, because if I did, well, I just, I can't, I can't say it all. So I'm going to move past that. But here's what comes to mind. First of all, what we're seeing here in real time, this is what makes it just so terrifying, it's just so demented and disturbing, is we're seeing in real time 
how mental illness is being instilled, implanted into the mind of a child. He, he is, the mother is trying to force the child to be mentally ill. Um, and, and, and he's resisting. He doesn't want it. But how long can a child resist? He has, he has no idea what's going on. How long can a six-year-old withstand this? He's trying to resist, but at what point does, this, does, does the child say, fine, I'm just going to wear the dress. I guess mommy really thinks I need to wear dresses, so I guess I should just wear the dress. Mommy really thinks that I'm a girl, so I guess I'm a girl. Mommy really wants me to take this drug that's going to um, you know, make me not a boy anymore, so I guess I just need to do it. I mean, it, it sounds like the boy is, is still at the point of resisting, but at a certain point, you know, no child can resist forever. Um, at a certain point, he's going to be, when he's being manipulated and exploited like this, eventually it's going to sink in. It would for any kid. What we have here, this, this is, ba I don't know if you've, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. I don't know if you've ever heard of Munchausen by, by proxy syndrome. That's when a parent, usually a mother, causes her own child to be sick. And, uh, and either she can fabricate symptoms in some cases, or she can actually make the child sick, poison the kid, uh, you, you know, not give him enough food so that he's malnourished, uh, whatever the case may be. Very often in these cases, the child is, is made sick by the mother. And the mother does this because well, she does this, number one, because she's just a sick person herself, but her motivations, you know, she wants attention. She wants to be seen as the white knight who's caring for a sick child, so she makes her child sick, or she just wants her child to need her and to be completely dependent on her, so she makes the kid sick for that reason. And that's basically what seems to be happening here. Uh, this is a mental illness, a, a maybe not a physical illness yet, although there are physical ramifications, but this is a mental illness that is being caused in the child by the mother. This is a perfectly normal, healthy young boy. A boy who just wants to be a boy, wants to be a kid, wants to enjoy his life, have fun. But the mother and the medical establishment, remember this woman is a pediatrician. And then there's a, ther a therapist involved as well. So the mother and the medical establishment, they have plucked this kid out of his life. And they have said, no, no, you have to be horribly con confused about who you are. We want you to have an identity crisis, so we will create one. No, sorry, little boy, you're not allowed to have a normal life. We're going to ruin your life um, because because it would make because that's the trendy thing. You know, I'm the mother, and and it's it's trendy to have a to have a transgender kid, so I'm going to make you be one. You know what a child needs? A child needs clarity, instruction, guidance, and then he also needs at a certain point, for adults to just get out of the way and let him be a kid. So in other words, a kid needs to be a kid within the safe and clarifying structure of a loving and attentive um, and caring family. And this child does not have any of that, thanks to the mother. He has the opposite of that. He is getting the opposite of what he needs. Now, fast forward 15 years. Imagine that the kid is 21 years old, uh, and if we had never heard this story before, if there was no father there to fight for him valiantly as this father is doing, and by the way, imagine, you know, we're talking about how bad it is for the kid, and obviously the, the, the child is the, is the number one victim in this situation, but um, imagine being the father 
you know, imagine, imagine this, this, this happening to your son, your son being destroyed this way by these perverts and these maniacs. And you're being legally prevented by the courts from stepping in and doing anything about it. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine the courts telling you as a father that, you know, you're not allowed to get your, your, your son dressed in normal boy clothes. You have to provide dresses for him. This is so insane. What's going on? Could anyone, 15 years ago, could anyone have imagined that this is where we would be? Even just 15 years ago. This is how far we've fallen in just, in just, in just a decade, decade and a half. Nobody could have conceived of this 15 years ago. And here we are. Um, so fa- just imagine, fast forward another 15 years. Kid's 21 years old. If we had never heard of this story, if there was no father there to fight for him, if the mother were to succeed in having the child chemically castrated, literally physically forcing him to be a female, to take on this female identity, then it's, uh, it's 15 years later and he identifies as a woman, quote unquote. Now, the left would, would take him and they would use him as another example and they would say, look, see, some biological males just naturally identify as women. But there's nothing natural about this. We, we are seeing, we're, we're seeing how this process really plays out in real time. Um, and we are seeing how he is being shaped this way. He is molded. This delusion is forced into his skull. He's not being given a choice, really. And he didn't stand a chance. So what we call, when we see this, this transgenderism, we say, oh, you know, it's, it's just naturally arising. None of this is natural. Either this is a mental illness that just came up on its own somehow, uh, as mental illnesses sometimes do, or I think probably more often than that, more commonly, you've got some form of abuse that happens to a child at a young age, and, uh, and that's how they end up as transgender later in life. Now, it may not always be this kind of abuse where you've got a parent forcing transgenderism on the child, but this kind of thing does happen. I think it happens much more frequently now. It certainly happens more frequently now than it did, um, than it did in years past. But you could also have other forms of abuse that cause the child to be confused about who he is, ashamed of who he is naturally, and then, and then to go and seek other identities. So uh, there's just, this is, this is not a natural process that takes place. Second point, I think we should also be clear about something else. This child is being sexually abused. And I think we should, that's what we should call it. We, we should call this sexual abuse because that's what it is. This is not just physical abuse, emotional abuse. This is sexual abuse. Uh, this is sexual abuse in a very literal way because his sexuality is being abused. His sexuality is being perverted, mutated, destroyed. His sexuality, his natural sexuality, is being taken from him. So in the most, in the most literal and direct kind of way, I think we could call this sexual abuse. And that is what we should call it. Because it deserves the same kind of visceral anger and disgust that, um, that anyone feels and experiences when they hear about child sexual abuse. This deserves to be put in that category and thought of in the same way. 
And again, if we were a sane and just society, it would deserve to be punished the same way. Third point, you know, I, I have often said, I've, I've made the point many times, that the transgender agenda conflicts with, contradicts feminism. Um, and I think that's, that's still true. But in cases like this, you see how actually the two go, go, go together. They go hand in hand. So you see how in some cases militant feminism and transgenderism form a kind of dangerous and unholy alliance. So it would seem that in this case, this woman hates boys so much that she wants to turn her son into a girl. And I think this is, and this is, this is something that even I have missed when I've been talking about this. And I, well, and I say all the time, well, why aren't feminists resisting this more? And um, I think this is one of the reasons that I've overlooked. This is why so many feminists go along with the transgender thing, because it's anti-male, it's anti-boy. Why do you think such a large percentage of transgenders are boys? That seems like a weird coincidence, doesn't it? Why, why is that? If this is just a naturally arising thing, gender is fluid, blah, 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 then why is it that most of these, then why is it happening to boys most of the time? Um, why are the vast majority of them boys? Because this is a, this is a, we live in an anti-boy, anti-male culture. We live in a culture dominated by feminism. And so that's what this is. What the mother is really saying is, I want a girl. I don't want a boy. Um, and so I'm going to turn my son into a girl. And I think that's what our culture does in a, you know, on a, on a, in, a, in a general sense. That's what our culture is doing. Our culture is saying, well, girls are better than boys. We would rather have girls than boys. So we're going to take these boys and we're going to turn them into girls. By whatever means necessary. Up to and including chemical castration. I mean, one of these days, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, uh, 500 years from now, like archaeologists are going to go back, future archaeologists, centuries in the future, they're going to go back and they're going to, you know, dig up the, the remains of our doomed civilization and they're going to find evidence of, of these sorts of things and they're just going to scratch their head. Do you realize we are living through things right now that archaeologists in the future are, are, going, to, are going to spend are going to spend their entire careers debating and trying to figure out, try to get to the bottom of, trying to figure out how this could have happened. We are experiencing, we are experiencing right now what will be in the future a mystery where people are going to debate, how did this, how, how did this ever happen? That, that they, how is it that this, that this ancient civilization ever became confused about what a man is and what a, what a woman is? Look at this strange, weird custom that they would have where they would forcibly turn boys into girls. Why did they do this? Were they worshiping some sort of deity? And it's going to be a, it's going to be, they're going to be writing thesis papers and they're going to be, you know, publishing papers in scientific journals debating this question. And the thing is, we're living through it right now. And it's kind of a mystery even to us. We don't even exactly know where this came from or why it's happening. When, when and why and where did we cross this kind of Rubicon where all of a sudden we became confused about these basic facts of life, these basic biological facts? It's really a horrible thing. Um, so let's, let's pray for this young man and for this, uh, for this father who is, who is fighting 
heroically um, to save his son. And uh, and let's 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 hope that and pray that he succeeds. All right. Um, I think that's. Oh, actually, one one other thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up here. Um, not nearly as important as the subject I was just discussing, but I wanted to tell you. I wanted to tell you what happened to me this morning. Um, and, and this has just happened to me way way too many times in my life, and I'm tired of it. And so it needs to be addressed. Um, here, here, here's what happened. I, I pulled up to a, a four-way stop. Okay, just happened this morning, and I got to the stop probably uh, probably a half a second before another car pulled up. But the other car that pulled up, they were on my right. So if if we had arrived simultaneously at the four-way stop, they would have had the right of way. But we were not simultaneously simultaneous. Yet our arrivals were so close together that I thought he might not realize that I have the right of way. So I very generously, very magnanimously, in an act of unimaginable kindness, in order to avoid any confusion, I yielded the right of way to him. And I, and I gave him the wave. I said, you know, I did this. Go ahead. And I even nodded my head. Go ahead. That's what I did. And I waved him on. But this anarchist refused to go, right? Because then what did he do? And you've seen people, then he waved me on instead. He said, no, go ahead. So I'm waving him, he's waving to me. He's refusing my act of kindness. So I, I say, okay, so I, I switch my wave to this and I say, okay, I switch my wave to a thank you. And I said, okay, fine, I'll go. And then I started to go. But then in a delayed reaction, as I'm starting to go, he decides at that moment to take me up on the offer that I've now rescinded. And then he starts to go. So then I stop and I wave him on and then he's delayed in every, in every case. He stops and waves me on and now we're just stopping and going and waving. We look, we're, we look like we're having seizures in the car. So finally I took, on, took charge of the situation and I, I just plowed right through. But it was a very traumatic and potentially dangerous moment and uh, it happens way too often at four-way stops and just, in, and just in general in life. So here's what we're going to do. When I am dictator of the world, there's going to be a new law and it will apply not only to four-way stops, but to all similar social situations. And the law goes like this. When somebody extends a minor act of courtesy towards you in order to facilitate a social interaction, you must accept that courtesy. You must say thank you and just accept it. You may not decline the courtesy and deflect it back to the person who offered it to you. This isn't dodgeball. This is not courtesy dodgeball where you're dodging it, throwing it back to me. We're not doing that. So you take the kindness, you say thank you, you move on with your, with your life. Another example of this would be like if you're going through a door and you hold the door for someone, but then they come in behind you and they hold it behind you and they say, no, after you. Or even worse, when it's a double door situation and you hold the left door for someone as they're coming in, but then they go through the right door, even though you're holding the left door, just leaving you standing a door, standing, holding a door for nobody, looking like an idiot. So that is when I am dictator, that is that's not going to be allowed anymore. Um, if you are caught declining an act of courtesy in that way, you will face execution and or a $50 fine depending on how I'm feeling that day, because that is how I will rule when I'm a dictator, as any good dictator would. All right, uh, just wanted to clarify that as we, as we wrap up. Hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening. Godspeed.